Hello and welcome to another episode of Movies That Make Us. I'm Jake. Oh, Tracy, you're you're, you're muted. I can't hear you, Tracy. There you go. Oh, there now we go. Now we can hear you. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> and with us we have Craig from Matinee Heroes. Craig, welcome to the show. Hey guys, good to see you guys. It's been what the man, a week. The myth, the legend. It's yeah, been a week, it's, maybe two weeks. Yeah, it's been a week for me. Yeah. No, you were just on oh, the yeah, show. It's... Technically, you were just on the show three days ago. Yes, technically, I was on the show three days ago. Right. Um, and I don't want to ruin the magic for people and let them know that it was recorded beforehand. That's all right. It's no big deal. And look, I mean, even while we're doing this, I'm typing to send out people so they can see I'm live on on movies that make us so that four people can watch more. That's great. <laughs> We love it. That'll double our audience for sure. So I I also really appreciate that you've got the matinee heroes cast off in the background, like promoting your show. Well, it depends on what I'm doing. I can change that up. And so when I do FanX, that's because I've done some things for FanX. I put Mm -hmm. up a FanX logo up there. And if they allow me, I put my matinee heroes up there. Uh, I'm doing some officially sanctioned things from Comic Palooza in Houston. So I'll put the Comic Palooza banner up there unless they want me to put my matinee heroes. And of course, the main reason I'm here is to promote specifically not Matinee Heroes, but Matinee Heroes Presents Cast Off, which is the video yes. show that kicks off tomorrow with game one of the playoffs. It's eight game tournament that uh, we're going to start off with the number one movie in America, Jurassic Park. Which is number incredible that it's the number one movie sure. in America. Well, like, you know what number two is? No. What's number two? Tell Steven us. Spielberg's Jaws. Ah. He's got number it's, one it's and number good. two. It's been a good week for Steven Spielberg, <laughs> which is nice. Someone in, in 2020 deserves a good week. He, so he we'll needs a break. Going. That kid, little Stevie Spielberg, <laughs> needs a break in life. Yeah, he's good been old Stevie. hard lately. Yeah. Um, so talking about Matinee Heroes Presents Cast Off, here at Movies That Make Us, we technically count ourselves as undefeated on the show, mainly because <laughs> Tracy tied, and you know, yeah. obviously the pick could have could have been well, better, Last Starfighter. He's been on twice. He's been on twice, wow. and he won the second time. Yeah, wow. Val won on the very years. first episode, um, and then I think by popular demand, I've won uh, with Harrison Ford over Ewan McGregor as Captain Kirk. I'm not sure where that goes, but uh, well, yeah. being well, I'm, I'm the official record the holder. Right um, yes. No, I'm sorry. You, you you're gonna have to live <laughs> with that one. I there is nobody who loves Harrison Ford more than I do. Um, his autograph is right over there. Uh, mm-hmm. It's, no, it's right there behind him. If you see my, in, if you see, hold on. So we've gone from shameless shilling to now autograph showing right off and name cool. dropping. Mm-hmm. It's right behind Indiana Jones. Um, nobody loves Harrison Ford more than me. Nobody. Right. I, don't, right. I mean, I, I don't think Calista Flockhart loves Harrison Ford as much as I do. And <laughs> Weird, to, but okay. We'll go I, for it. Yeah. I'm not, you know what? Don't, don't kink shame me. And um, the fact that I had to pick against Harrison Ford hurt me on a personal level but it was purely professional i it i just didn't feel of the two that he would make a good captain kirk now do i make he a good captain of a ship of a pirate ship or would he make a good jack sparrow probably mm-hmm. not but mm-hmm. you know he's more of a jack sparrow than a james t kirk so what what you're telling me is as a human being you're decent but as a yes. professional you're not very good at your job no <laughs> <laughs> Jake when is I'm, just all what I'm, what I'm saying is that you probably won't ever come back on the show. And, <laughs> no, not at this rate, I'm sure. And, <laughs> that bridge, I think I've burned successfully. And your title for the nicest person we've ever had on the podcast is in jeopardy. Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll roll it. I'll rein it in a little bit there. I have said that every time you've been on the show, you are the nicest guy that we've ever had on the podcast. And Alan is a pretty nice guy. He's one of the nicest. Yeah. Alan film is incredibly reviewers. nice. Yes. Well, he he you get to know him a little bit, but yeah, okay. um, <laughs> but you know, as a guest, you are. I mean, Tracy, have ever said you're the nicest person to ever come on this podcast? Nope. No, nope. because that would be a lie. Jake, you <laughs> formally had that. Yes. Now I'm going to have to go well, find a new one. No, I, I appreciate it, Craig. I got a chance, and we appreciate. Oh no, not you, you Tracy. I'm on. just saying, Jake doesn't. <laughs> No, we we appreciate you having us on the show as often as you have, and also on Cast Off. It was a lot of fun, all joking oh. aside. Like we we all had a great time. Tracy and Val are both in the playoffs that are starting, I believe, tomorrow. Yep, they start and, tomorrow. It's going to be at uh, I guess it's to be seven o'clock Mountain if you're a Utah viewer. So it's six mm-hmm. six p.m. Pacific, uh, seven uh, Mountain, eight uh, Central, and nine Eastern. So yeah, it'll start tomorrow. Well done. And it'll be yeah. I I'm the only person I know because I lived in Texas. 
I have still have family and friends in Utah, and I live in yep. California, and so I'm from the East Coast. I'm, I got them all. You got all four. I, I have to. I've lived in all four <laughs> in one year. Wow, so, that's impressive. So, yeah. So you just that's yeah, that's a lot to keep track of all those time zones. I do want to since we're kind of mentioning Val a little bit. She's commented on here. You probably noticed that she's not here with us tonight. Unfortunately, she couldn't make it, um, but she wanted to say you, hi. Val. We we love you, Val. We miss you. We're sorry you're not here to talk about Jurassic Park with us. I'm, I'm concerned. It says I'm sitting in a really dark room. Does she need help? <laughs> she's okay. <laughs> she's not. She's not feeling well physically today. No, um, Liam Neeson. Dark room is helping with that. So, oh, I, I, she, because I just had a friend of mine in Phoenix get the COVID. Um, yes. And, yeah, and I know that Tracy, you've had some uh, family had some with that. Family. My condolences on that, and I know you lost your Thank aunt. You, sir. But uh, I, as long as she's just a little sick, because allergies have been massive the last yeah. migraines and allergies. So. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like migraines and allergies. We okay. miss you, Val. We want you to get feeling better soon. Um, and it, it pains me to talk about anything Steven Spielberg without <laughs> because he is her favorite. This is not the first time a woman has used the excuse of headaches to avoid me. Are we going we'll to do a deep one. dive? We'll, no, not on that. Oh, not on that subject. We're not going to do a deep dive. Well, I've been married for almost 20 years, so it's really, right now, it's only been, you know, most likely one. And to right. go farther back is, is just blurry. It's too yeah. much. Well, Val's not on the show, but she's still going to comment, so she, it's like she's on the show. But she's, she's watching her fourth <laughs> run of Hamilton today, okay. which... <laughs> I loved it, Craig. Did you not enjoy Hamilton? So I have seen Hamilton live. We okay. saw it in San Francisco. And um, what I can say is, as someone who is not a theater goer, mm-hmm. uh, but does love acting and the theater itself, uh, it is a very difficult play to do. Mm-hmm. To sing well, that sure, fast yeah. and say all those words and do all the stuff. So technically, it is a very well-done production. Yes, Just, and that's as far as I'm going to go because I don't want to, what yeah. my wife says, yuck people's yum. It's just not my yeah. bag of tea, you know? I, totally fine. Yeah, and and that's the thing. It's not. There's nothing out there that's for everybody. And right, so right. it's okay that people don't enjoy it. I I liked it quite a bit, and it was a lot of fun. Val, it's keep a, the comments coming school. throughout the show, yeah. by the way, Val. Keep them coming. We'll, we'll keep posting them on there. It'll be like you're on the show <laughs> without you being here because we miss you, of course. Yeah, so. no, it's a, it's a <laughs> drama club wit dream. It, it's really what... <laughs> Um, so I can see why people like it. Sure. And, and again, I can see that it's definitely difficult to perform. And there's a couple, maybe two or three songs that, you know, I really like, but other than that, it's just, you know, it's a little long and, um, it kind of plays Hamilton's. I know a little bit about history. Hamilton's not that nice. I know they don't play him nice, but he's actually not as nice as he gets played. So sure. Right. That's it. I don't want to, again, I don't want to yuck people's yum. Yeah. It's a, I enjoyed it. It's definitely worth, I think, checking out once. You know, yeah. if you're never going to be able to go see it live, this is a great time to pay seven bucks a month and and go go see it. So, but, but I will say, if nobody likes this movie, they can go to hell. Um, I will fight <laughs> Jurassic Park and cut them because this, yeah, yeah, Jurassic Park is is one of the greatest movies uh, I think ever made. I, it's one of my favorite movies. I'm so excited to be talking about it. Um, you mentioned Cast Off uh, tomorrow, 7 p.m. Mountain Time, 6 p.m. Pacific. Uh, Matinee Heroes presents Cast Off. And you will be doing Jurassic Park. Is that correct? That's right. And I picked it specifically for you guys. Um, I Because awesome. when you Craig. asked me for coming on, I'm like, well, it was it was in my list. So I've, what I've already done, so I'll let you guys know, I have already picked all four movies for the month. I have already, in my mind, recast all four movies of the month. And I have it written down. Because if you don't know how the concept is, we take Jurassic Park and there'll be seven actors that we take from the movie. Usually we like an odd number because that way it's mm-hmm. a little more difficult to get um, a tie, even Hi. though it has happened. Tracy, yeah, he's, and that's well. because because <laughs> of the special thing and we'll talk about that, but each person is right. put, to, it's not who has the best cast, it's actor by actor by actor by actor. And so whoever picks the best one gets a point. And this time I'm using two other judges. So normally it's just me. But mm-hmm. I brought in two other judges, and basically what I did was I sent them blind, the, the picks, and I said, mm-hmm. you know, who do you like? Just tell me who you like, and whoever mm-hmm. got two points gets the, you know, so it's it's not just me. I know that's a that's big awesome. stickler for you, Jake, 
Um, it is, I, yeah. <laughs> I like to call that the Jake Beach rule, actually. Yeah. It's like the Brady he rule, thought, but it's not. Yeah. He thought he had this all figured out by going with Harrison Ford. He's like, you know what? I got this in the bag. Well, someone thought the same thing with Charlize Theron and didn't get that point either. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> It, I, I, again, I really do honestly try to be yeah. as uh, as fair and as because usually it's gut instinct. I just look at it, and go boom, that guy, boom, that guy. Yep. Yeah. Um, sometimes it, there's a little bit of a wishy washy, but then so what's gonna so that happens, and then um, there's eight people, and just like the elite eight, as we all know, because we've seen mm-hmm. NCAA there in mm-hmm. Salt Lake, um, it gets down to one on my birthday, which happens to be Valerie's birthday, August twenty third. Is going to mm-hmm. be like the Super Bowl, so um, you can still go to. It's I hate to say it out loud, but it's challenge. It's challenge, mm-hmm. but with an O. Challenge.com/slash Matinee Heroes, and you can pick your bracket um, and guess who you think is going to win up until five o'clock tomorrow. So I've gone in. I've picked my bracket. I'll be honest. I'll. I did it. I've got two of my best friends in the in the competition in Tracy, so, Patrick, and Val. No. Yeah, Patrick. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Patrick's a nice guy, but come on, Tracy. Well, it just seems, you know what? It seems now if I had really had some time and really thought this through, I would have divided it up because there's a lot of people from Texas and there's a lot of people from Utah. And I would have had like a Texas division and a Utah division. But because we did it randomly on air, it just happened to be that Valerie and Tracy can only meet in the finals. Yes. And that's what I've got. That is my pick for the finals. That's your final? Yeah. I won't tell you who I picked to win because... Number one, I can't remember. And number two, I just think that it would be rude to do that on air. We all know who it was. Well, for some (laughs) reason, everybody's especially uh, scared of Valerie. And I don't understand. I mean, Valerie's great. I love Valerie. She's been on the show a couple times. In fact, I begged her to come on more often than she could. But she's so busy up until, uh, you know, Corona happened. Um, So, but everyone seems scared of her. And I, I don't know necessarily why. She had good picks, but it wasn't like she beat the crap out of the competition that she was in. I don't, I don't know. I mean, Val's Val's very smart and she's going to be very thoughtful mm-hmm. about who she picks. Obviously. Um, I mean, she's one of the most thoughtful people I know as far as that kind of stuff goes. Um, but I also will say this. I don't know that there's anybody in a competition like that, that has more confidence than Val does in well, her yeah. own abilities. And, and that's not in a, that's not at all in a negative, like egotistical nope. way, but just, she is sure of herself. And I think mm-hmm. that can be intimidating. If you're second guessing yourself against Val, don't I, I, well, show, man. Here's the thing. Um, the people she's going up against have never even met her or maybe even seen her. So they, they have no really? idea who she is. Well, they're not from Utah. Uh, a yeah, lot of yeah. people from, uh, you know, if. Well, uh, no, people... but, but, you know, really like they're still intimidated or scared. I mean, that's. No, just... no, no. It's just it just seems that way. It just it just seems yeah. like all the Utah people have told the other people that Val is the one to beat. And not that that's wrong. Val's great. <laughs> I love Val. And I, and yeah. she really is. There's probably the. the the person to beat, in my opinion, as well. But I, I'm hyping her up so I can sneak under the radar. Yeah, smart, oh, Tracy, yeah, yeah. smart. <laughs> and that's why I'm I just t- waiting in the wings to sub in if I need to, guys. Just let me know. <laughs> well, and this is why I took public voting out of the out of the, of the of the system because I didn't want it to be who's got the most Twitter followers. I wanted it to be oh, yeah. an actual meritocracy. Who does the best job? And not again, because yeah. um, every time I'm in something. People always say, "Oh, you did a great job," but you know, uh, seven people know who you are, and it's like, yeah. "Well, that's uh, that's no good." I, I'd rather it be a meritocracy. So it's been it's been fun. It's been very interesting. Uh, the first five, four or five episodes were wonky. Every mm-hmm. time I get finished, I'd go out into the living room because my wife would watch it on her phone. And I'd go, "What went wrong?" And she'd be like, "Well, <laughs> there was an echo today, or the video was choppy, and uh, you know, we're working on it." But it's it's just a, it's a nice little exercise. It's a it's definitely a quarantine exercise that I probably wouldn't have done if we, everything was normal. Well, yeah, it's, it's amazing how some of that stuff has happened. I mean, we talked and talked for a long time about doing some kind of video stuff with our podcast mm-hmm. and then quarantine happened. And for whatever reason, not being together, we thought, well, we can do video. That's fine. Somehow that <laughs> made it easier, but, yeah. but through things like Streamyard that we use it, it has made it a lot easier and, um, it has opened up some opportunities like that. So well, Tracy's let's gonna, talk. Well, hold on. Oh, before, ahead, one last thing, and I'm going to do a plug, because Tracy's going to be on the show at the end of this month sometime. We're doing right. what we call No Lie, which yes. is Christopher Nolan July, which you, you kicked off for us, Jake. But yes. we're using Zoom for the first time because there's going to be a guest. James Owen's coming on. Yes. Tracy recruited him. Actually, I think you demanded yes. it. I did. I said, James, we need to goo this. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I didn't um, even ask Craig first. I just invited. No, James. He, he didn't. And I'm like, oh, I don't know how to do four. I can do three, but four uh, for an audio <laughs> podcast. We'll see how it turns out. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Um, if you're still using the same program that you've used before, Craig, it should work fine. No, I'm no, no. I'm just using Zoom. I'm not doing the. Uh, I'm not doing the flashy stuff. This is not a video production. I'm just using it to record the audio. So what I oh. use to do the actual video show is more broadcast production. I mean, yep, yep. I have fade-ins, and I've got yeah, yeah. PowerPoints and stuff. It's fancy. It's fancy. I, I try to make things as much as difficult as possible. Um, so, Perfect. But go ahead. Let's, let's kick off this great, let's, fantastic movie. Jurassic Park. Like, it is just a phenomenal film, start to finish. Um, it is one that I remember probably... You've described for us, Tracy, when you went to Star Wars and what that experience was like for you. That is probably my Jurassic Park. I was probably a little bit older than you were when you went and saw Star Wars. <laughs> but, but I mean, I was, what, this came out in 93, so I was like a preteen. So, for oh, me, this old. movie, I know, I'm sorry, but this movie made me love movies. Like, I love dinosaurs nice. and going to see this movie and having them come to life the way they did and the storytelling in it. It, it blew me away. And this is one of those movies that when I look back on my experience of going to the theater and watching it, it, it still stands out in my mind. I remember getting the souvenir popcorn tub that had dinosaurs on the outside and, and just things like that, that I remember so vividly about going to see this movie that I'm, I'm just excited to talk about it. And I think it holds up even today, like the special effects, mm-hmm. all of it oh, yeah. holds up a well, lot was, today. Yeah. Well, I was telling you, uh, Jake, that uh, I guess it's 2013, on the twentieth anniversary, they re-released in three D, right? And I went to go see it because I love this movie as well. And I, I'm fortunate. I, I was very young when I saw Star Wars when it came out, but I saw it in the theater, so I had that. Oh my god, this is amazing! But mm-hmm. this movie did that as well. This movie, even if you were a longtime movie person, this movie brought everything up to a level. Yeah, Abyss had a couple cool things in it, and, it, mm-hmm. and Terminator Two wasn't quite there. Terminator Two wasn't quite out yet, was it? I think it was. Uh, I don't no, think Terminator Two was before this. I think it was in '92. Okay, so it was Terminator Two was a big leap, but this was massive because mm-hmm. now all of a sudden you're talking about organic material. Before yes. it's all liquid metal right. or liquid water or liquids, and you know, now it is. This could literally be anything, and to make it so realistic, everybody lost their mind. And then when it was in yeah. 3D, it looked just like it was made for 3D. Yeah, yeah, and which not is, many movies can do that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, other than Avatar in 3D, I don't know if there's any movie that I've seen in 3D where I'm like, oh, yeah, that was worth the extra for the 3D. Mm-hmm. Like, um, when they still had a lot of 3D movies, I stopped even going because I was like, there's not I'm going to I'm gonna shame you because in the the Prestige podcast we did, Alan brought up the perfect 3D movie. That's Hugo. And yes. Hugo is yes. one of those movies because you have someone as thoughtful as uh, Scorsese. Scorsese. Who, yeah, who is going to actually make it for 3d versus make it and then let the post-production people figure out how to do the 3d. He, he, that was a really good one, but it's very few and far between. Yep. Nola's letting us know that Steven Spielberg brings out the childhood and everyone, no matter how old you are. And I agree. Um, and I think especially with a movie like Jurassic park, um, one example of that is when you're watching and they're on the Island and Alan Grant is like looking or no, Ellie, she's looking at like the plant and she's looking at the leaf and she's like, this has been extinct for who knows how long. And then meantime, there's the dinosaurs out there and he is just standing and is in awe and like turns her head. And then they're both. And just in that moment, like that is how all of us felt in the theaters, that same sense of awe and just amazement at what we were seeing, because it was like dinosaurs were walking the earth, even though they probably didn't look anything like that. It doesn't matter. It still felt like (laughs) dinosaurs were walking the earth again. It was awesome. It so still gives you chills. It's uh, that's one of those things where because you've got such great music. I mean, yes. Oh yeah. I that, that's one of his underrated because I I don't think people put Jurassic Park up at with Raiders of the Lost Ark fanfare or the Star Wars fanfare, but Jurassic Park is amazing. And then you've got these visuals where mm-hmm. th- there's only 15 minutes of dinosaurs in this entire movie. That's it. Yeah. That's it, and that includes and wow. only six of it is computer. So it's only six minutes of computers, but what they did is they used it where it mattered, and you can thank Jaws for that. Yes, um, exactly. <laughs> Steven knows how to put things in. So he, what they want to do is make a great movie, and if the animatronics didn't work or the CGI looks like garbage, they can still put out a good movie. Yep, now right. they can put out a, an amazing, great movie. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and so we can thank Bruce for that in Jaws, who well, never worked. And so they had to figure out a way to build the suspense without having the shark in the scene all the time. Well, the other thing that they did that was so smart is they did that same approach when it came to the marketing. They showed mm -hmm. very little of the dinosaurs. If you go back and look at some of the trailers and some of the TV spots that they released, you didn't see much of the dinosaurs. They saved that for the visual yeah. impact of being up on the big screen. So it's mm -hmm. very similar to Jaws in that regard. Well, they had two years to figure it out because they were marketing this movie Oh, yeah, well before because they had to market the park in, in the movie. So right. all yeah. that <laughs> stuff that's in the movie is purposely made so they can sell it later. So they yeah. really were working overtime. Had. I think I remember reading that they had over a thousand products with a hundred different companies that they partnered with. Yep. I remember them all. I mean, gosh. Yeah. Well, and what was great being a kid is how much of that was marketed toward kids, which was funny because mm -hmm. when you go see the movie, it's not like a kid's movie at all. Well, right. I right. mean, it's not, it's not like overly, like I would it, take my teenage kid to it, no problem. Yeah. It's but a 12 like, year old boy movie. This is movies yeah, for right. 12 year old boys. And that's why this is great because it's scary, but not too scary. It's got a lot mm -hmm. of action in it, um, but there's enough character in there as well. Um, mm -hmm. It never lags. It's constantly moving. Even the downtime is important. It's mm -hmm. even it's like two, was it two hours and four minutes, and it feels yeah. a lot less than that because it's very streamlined. Yeah. So the only time it bogs down for me is the D Mr. DNA uh, movie, which had to be in there to hey. explain everything. Yeah. Well, <laughs> right. When you read the book, all of that is summed up as they go through the story. And there's easier ways to put that exposition in a book. But in a movie, right. you've got to find a character like Mr. DNA to explain this is how it's all working. And this is the scientific scientific theory behind it. Well, he um, did the same trick in AI with Robin Williams as the uh, mm -hmm. Mr. Wizard or whatever it was called. Yep. So, so I'm, I'm going to be a little opposite of you, Jake. Now, I love this movie now, but when this came out, I was actually a little disappointed because I had just read the book. I was 18 uh -huh. years old and there was a lot of stuff that I loved in the book that wasn't in the movie. So I was kind of let down and disappointed at first. I have, I have seen the error of my ways over my yeah. years and well, I have. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, so I, you know, I've confessed my sins and, and uh, moved on. Well, first of all, you're forgiven my son. It's fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thank you craig um thank you father <laughs> but but this this is a movie that i think was one that was a classic book versus the movie kind of debate when it first came out that the book was so much better and there was so much beneath the surface if you read the book that wasn't in the movie but the reality is any director that's going to take a book and turn it into a movie they're going to have to cut it down they're going to have to take some stuff out and they're going to have to streamline it and I feel like the stuff that, that Spielberg took out made sense for the movie. Well, um, they, they bought this they, on sight unseen. They bought this before the book yep. came out. This was mostly not on, not on galleys alone. It was mostly on, you know, spec. They mm -hmm. go, it was like Michael Crichton, a known good blockbuster author. Mm -hmm. Dinosaurs go crazy in, a, in Disneyland. Well, yeah, mm -hmm. that, I'll buy yeah. that yeah, and we'll were, fix it. We just want the idea. Four or five studios fighting over this movie. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yep. And I think uh, it's interesting because Spielberg wanted to get, uh, I remember reading an interview with him and he said he wanted to do Schindler's List and wanted to shoot it in black and white. And the studio of Universal was very not sure about that. And the only way that he was able to get them to greenlight it is that he agreed to do uh, Jurassic Park first. Mm -hmm. They said, because mm -hmm. if you do Schindler's List, you're not going to be able to do a Jurassic Park. So he was actually filming in Poland, and then they had, this was new at the time, now now it's not a big deal, but they were basically um, editing nonlinear and doing it over satellite. Mm -hmm. and, and so he he's, he's filming Schindler's List in Poland during the day and then editing Jurassic Park at night. And that's how he was able to do the post while Ready Player One was still getting in post-production. Because he's done that before because he knows that he can't be in the room for when the computer guys are doing their magic. See, this is how they work. Do, do, do Listen, um, you're going to have a hard time convincing me, Craig, that Steven Spielberg was in the room at all for Ready Player One at any point. Oh, that movie uh, is the worst movie, and we don't talk about it on this show, all right? <laughs> oh, I, just, I didn't read the book, and so when I went to see the movie, I was like, this is, hmm, yeah, I can see why you're not happy with that. It's no 1941, but hey. Yeah. <laughs> which I saw on a loop on HBO 
from starting from basically when it was released in 1979 until mm-hmm. probably 85. So I've seen that movie enough times to know the, how awful it is. Yeah. Yeah. It, we, Ready Player One, we did one episode on it that was live and it no, disappeared. Didn't. And it was the worst episode I think we've ever done. And we so we just joke about that whenever it comes up. So one of the um, lost episodes. Yes, it's the lost episode. <laughs> so I just I just realized but, that we're, we're matching. I know. I just I saw that on your head. I was like, oh, that's interesting. I, I should have put on a Jurassic Park shirt, but I don't, you don't have it. I don't yeah. have one. I, I had a Jaws shirt I thought about putting on, but anyway. I, I could have worn one my Madden favorite... Heroes Jaws shirt. No, perfect. I have an E.T. E. meets the Shining t-shirt. And it's E.T. <laughs> e. with his head coming through the doorway like the Here's Johnny moment. Nice. I love sweet. it. Yelling love phone it. home. <laughs> so... Um, like you, Tracy, I read the book before mm-hmm. I saw the movie, even though I was a kid. And part mm-hmm. of the reason why my mom was very concerned that the movie was going to be very scary. So to make sure I could handle it, she had me read the book first. Uh, okay. The book was terrifying compared to the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't is- know. It was a horrible plan. Yeah, I was terrified. Is- of like, But the movie, I thought, was just... it did. But it was a good way to do it because even though there were some tense moments it wasn't the same as what was in the book um, and I could handle it. So it was a good move by my mom, but I just always thought that was funny that like, here, you need to read this book first. And I'm like, I wondered after, did she ever read the book? Cause it was, it was a little scary. <laughs> Before for we let little... you watch this Stephen King film, I want you to read the novel first. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that... well, no, then you just get mad. Cause usually the movie is so different than the movie for That's Stephen true. King that you get, That's you're just true. bitter and angry. But yeah. you would have really been scared of this movie had uh, Valerie's cousin James, who w- was thinking about doing this movie, he was competing. Had it been a James mm-hmm. Cameron movie, then your mother would have been totally that justified. Is very true. Yeah, that is and that's, very true. That's a great point because Steven Spielberg has a very particular style in the way he tells stories. He there's a little bit more whimsy to it, and not to say this is overly yeah. whimsical, but compared to like a James Cameron movie, this this is yeah. uh, much more magical and whimsical and awe-inspiring is, instead of just terrifying and scary. This is the family-friendly roller coaster. This is like the Big Thunder Mountain Railroad yes. Yes. versus like Seven P or um, uh, the, what's the big park in California with all the major coasters? Magic Mountain. Magic Mountain, yeah. Oh, yeah. have not yeah. been there yet. I've driven by it. So it's Disney versus Magic Mountain. It's like yeah. they're two completely different things. Yeah. Yeah. Like one you go to for the thrills, the other one you just want a little bit of thrill. A little bit of excitement is fine. Please yeah. stop reminding me that Disneyland is closed. Ugh. I'm sorry, Craig. I'm sorry. sorry. Look, we're not any happier about it than you are, except we just don't have annual passes, so it doesn't you affect know. us as much. I I'm just sorry. saw that our, our buddy Chris Provost uh, got on a plane to go to yeah. Florida to go to Disneyland, uh, Disney World. Yeah. I'm like, if, what? If you guys want to see his coverage of, of Disney World the opening, he will be there and broadcasting tomorrow for provost park pass so let's wish him nothing but good health because i would not go to florida on a regular day never mind now especially in july yeah florida in july is not fun no i lived in houston it's very sticky it's the same thing well the good news is i hear the heat and humidity just make the face coverings that much more comfortable so it'll be fine (laughs) i think that's how you know if they're working if you can smell the funk of your neighbor Like I need to change I, my mask. I can smell this guy, and he's set, he's six feet away. So it's a, it's a nice way of social distancing because you want to be away from people, anyways. That, that's very true. That's a so, very valid point. Yes. So with this movie, the cast. Let's talk about the cast for a minute. There's there. This cast is amazing. The chemistry that they have together, uh, the characters, the way that they're played. Um, I mean, they're very different from the characters in the book. I, I think Alan Grant in the movie is very different than Alan Grant in the book. I think um, they even describe him as a Harrison Ford-like looking character in the book, if I remember yeah. correctly. He was supposed mm-hmm. to be like Harrison Ford. Um, yes. And Harrison Ford turned this down, but um, he even he admits he probably wouldn't have been good for it because he has he's he's not the touchy-feely nice guy um, that yeah. you, need, right. you need for this. Right. Yeah. I mean, even though he's a little bit hesitant, especially where the kids are concerned, by the end he's got that connection with them and it feels earned and it feels deserved and it works. And Sam Neill is great as Alan Grant. Yeah. Well, he's not wrong. Kids do smell. They smell like old yeah. peanut butter. Craig, you don't have to tell me. I live I with know. six of them. I can I was tell looking you what for, they I was, smell like. It's I was incredible. For validation. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Are any um, of them teenagers and, yet? 
Yeah, I have one boy who's a teenager. And oh, good boy. Yeah. Let me oh. tell you, quarantine <laughs> has not been kind on that one. Good Lord. You're going to. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I love him. But, oh, sure. Uh, you got to. What Jake else can you do? At all times, all day. Yeah. Oh. I'm like, why would you not wear a face covering? I'll send my son over. He'll get you wearing one. It'll be fine. I've been doing this for the last three years. What is going on with the rest of the country? <laughs> This um this was the first movie that I remember Jeff Goldblum in for me like because I was quite a bit younger um I didn't experience the fly firsthand and and things like that Buckaroo Banzai I do remember as weird as it is watching at some point we rented uh, Earth Girls Are Easy so oh, I do yes. remember that atrocity yes but. Which is interesting because Jim Carrey was going to possibly be Ian Mal- Malcolm. So you had two interesting. Ian Malcolms in there <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> but but I remember thinking Ian Malcolm was just so cool. Like Jeff Goldblum was so cool in this. Yeah. I mean, he was just he was just perfect for this role. His cadence, the way he talks, all of it just worked so well. Um, mm-hmm. And in this movie, probably a little bit better than Lost World. But that's because this movie just worked better than The Lost yeah. World. Yeah. But and then two thirds into it, never says anything again. <laughs> it's really weird. It's like he's involved, yeah. and then then they get him into the bunker because he hurt his leg, and that's it. Yes, he yes. never says another thing. But thank goodness for that bunker because the memes and the gifs that have come from shirtless or open shirt Ian Malcolm. Dude, I mean, it's Funko what we need. Even right made now. a pop of him. Yes, Funko made a pop of him with his shirt open. It's not just the Funko pop. They made a life-size, oh no, a dinosaur-sized sculpture of him in London. Yes. Of his, of him in his. Yes. yes. I don't remember that. Yes. Oh, you look it, it up. I remember I, that, Greg. It's, it's I remember Graham Norton from oh uh, BBC gosh. gave him the head right. or borrowed the head. And so they had this huge, massive Jeff Goldblum head in the studio with him. Cause yeah, he was apparently they, it was right near the, the, you know, the London bridge or whatever, whatever That's that bridge fantastic. is. I mean, when you look at a movie that was made in the nineties, obviously it was before social media. So nobody's thinking about what is this pose going to do all over the internet, but man, 20 years later to have that just everywhere in every possible way. It's just fantastic. <laughs> like you have to love that. My favorite's the breathing where you, you've got, yes, yeah. you've got. Yeah. Cause when he's on the dinosaur and he does it and then they, they've got the gif of him doing that on Yes. I love that. That's a good yeah. one. That, Nothing that, like talking about visuals on an audio Tracy, podcast. The person who invented it says that it's GIF. It's great. I don't care. GIF. I feel like if he invented the word, he ought to be able to say graphic how it's interface format. It's GIF. It's, right. <laughs> Listen, GIF. I'm it's, the science guy on this episode. I'm Mr. DNA. <laughs> You're the science guy on this episode. Heaven help us all. You're the science guy on this episode. <laughs> Which is good. We don't normally have a science guy, so. Well, I'm not playing Ian Malcolm. I'm not taking off my shirt. No, please, no. I mean, I know you've done a great job with all the running and and I'm, you... I'm not. Nope. I'm no. still a long way from that. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah we're no. still a family friendly show. So, <laughs> uh, Noel is letting me know in case I didn't mm-hmm. that Jeff Goldblum has that cadence when he talks normal conversation with you yeah. as well, yeah. which um, he does, and that's very true. Which is one of the reasons I love um, the world according to Jeff Goldblum on yeah. on uh, Disney Plus. Yeah, Jeff Goldblum rarely acts. It's Jeff Goldblum. It's like Christopher yeah, Walken. Right. Christopher, you hire mm-hmm. Christopher Walken because you want can. Christopher Walken. Now they they all can act, but yes. nowadays they don't have to because they go. We just want you to be you because your, yeah. your well, affectations are amazing. It's like Sam Jackson's that way too. Yes, yeah. he didn't say one mf in this whole movie. That's I true. Know. That's true, but he does have one of the most memorable lines in the whole movie, one that Val wanted to make sure that we mention on the show, one that I can tell you. There are two lines that I use in my car regularly with my kids. One is when we're backing out of the driveway, and I always say, roads, where we're going, we don't need roads, and my kids think I'm weird every time I do it, and I don't care. Uh, But the second one is anytime we're going around a big corner or something like that, I say, hold on to your butts. I love it. (laughs) I say that all the time and it is a classic i like it has always stuck with me from that movie from when he says that and it well, just they, how, that, how did the kids react oh they love it my my nut uh, <laughs> now my 10 year old boy whenever i say that he just laughs uncontrollably nice. i just have to say but i mean to be fair just throwing the word but out there is all i need to do with him so well let's true. not forget the big huge dad joke in the middle when 
Sam grabs a hold of the and pretends. I mean, that's a big, yes. that's a huge dad joke in the middle of this movie. And yep. I was watching it last night. And I'm like, oh, I forgot that he does that. And it's it it that's the evolution of his character. Alan Grant is starting to become that goofy dad that you know yep. if he was a father, that's what he'd be. He'd be the really yes. goofy dad who scares kids mm-hmm. with claws up against their throats. Yes. Well, and, and and those moments are so key because the movie is building up that in, that intensity throughout the whole movie. You know, as you're building up to them putting the power back on, you're building up to, you know, getting attacked by raptors and Tyrannosaurus Rex, all of that. And it's building, building, building. But then you've got these light moments in the middle like that where he grabs the fence and pretends that he's electrocuted and, and you know, freaks the kids out. And then they're all laughing about it. like this movie needs those moments. They're not heavy handed, but they work perfectly when they're there. And that I think is a great example. Those are moments that James Cameron probably wouldn't have put in there. No, no, he would have had Alan Grant fry at that point. (laughs) No, no, he, he would have got, he would have got the little boy to fry. Yeah, that's true. Because the fence would have done more than just throw him back from the fence. It would have, he would have been gone. But that's because Steven Spielberg's a dad. And yeah. And and he, that's the thing about Steven Spielberg is he puts humanity in his movies. And that is something that, a goofy scientist guy might just do just once. I mean, I don't think he'd be walking around like Fozzie Bear, Waka Waka, but every once right, in a while right. you do a joke, whatever you can. Like the he, even him humoring the kid who's telling the awful knock knock jokes yeah. about dinosaurs. So it, you know, he was just well, tolerating it, but that's him showing little pieces of humanity that makes you at the very end realize that Alan Grant, if he does have kids with Laura Dern, they're going to be fine. Yeah. Yeah. I love that scene when he's going from truck to truck because the kid keeps following him and he finally stops and says, which car are you planning on going in? Because <laughs> I'm going in the other one. So yep. um, he, Alan Grant has some great moments in this. I love, I love the fence scene. I love the car to car scene. I love when he, when they're taking the helicopter and he has no idea how to work the seatbelt because he's got the two well, opposite ends. So he just ties them together. Well, you, like that's just such a cool thing to do. Oh, well, that is, from what I understand, that was on purpose to show that mm-hmm. um, we've got two females that don't yep. work, and that yet it still does what a seatbelt does, and life finds a way. So mm-hmm. yep. it was very telling. It's it's one of these little things, which I, you know, maybe Spielberg thought of it, maybe he didn't. A lot of times, happy coincidences happen. Tribute stuff Cause, later. Yeah, yeah. because yeah, I've done that, where I've written something down, and someone said, oh, this sounds like this, and it might, oh, yeah, okay, yeah. sure. Yeah. That sounds good. Why would I say yeah, no to that? That's exactly what I meant. Yep, that's, <laughs> I totally planned on that. Open up interpretation. I, I took one film, film class in school, uh, and I remember one of the first days, the teacher saying, yeah, directors, everything you see on the film is intentional. And I thought that can't be true. <laughs> like just law, law of averages, that can't be true. Like yeah. it just is mathematically it's not like possible. That. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Bring in Spielberg and have him talk about Jaws, where nothing was planned. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, that was everything, all intentional. Everything was planned twelve hours in advance because they didn't know what the hell they were doing. It's a, it's a That's fast. Right. That movie Jaws is so fascinating. Just on the, the oh. behind the scenes is so much more fascinating than a, a really amazing movie. But. We're not yeah, here for that. that is very no, true. we're not. Yeah. But if you guys want to hear more about it, about a year ago, we did an episode on Jaws and it was really good. And we went into a lot of that and how the production went or didn't go. So <laughs> um, I have a whole section so, of it in the book I wrote. So uh, when I talked about failure, so it's a big, huge, uh, it's a huge failure that turned out to be great. If you're flexible, it was, yeah, yeah. there's a lot more things that happened than this is just the shark. It's amazing. Yep. Well, and, and, and Craig, you touched upon this a little bit, and I'd like to touch on it a little more. I'm getting my money from I Lucasfilm. I love the Hold fact. On. I'm just trying to get my sponsorship from Lucasfilm. Oh, okay. There we go. No, that's just going to get us shut down, Craig. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> but I think one of the things that, that was so smart with this film is so much of this is animatronic, and it is stuff that you can see on screen. You can have the actors. It's tangible. Yeah. Yep. And I think that that added to the realism for us when we watched it on the screen. I think that's why yeah. everybody got was crazy about the Mandalorian is because, mm-hmm. well, yes, inside the, the volume, it's all right. fake, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. everything that they touch is real. I mean, half yep. the ship is there. So the, the right. more you can interact with it, the more people can look at it and touch it as actors, the better performances they can give. And quite frankly, it looks better. There's still yep. that yep. Uh, uncanny Valley situation for a lot of things that, these these dinosaurs still look good. Yes. I think Absolutely. the worst I think the worst special effect in it is 
when the girl falls through the hole yes. in the ceiling. Mm-hmm. And that's just that's just bad matting. That's all. Uh, and then right. her face was digitized. So that was the first time they used someone else's, someone else's face because it was like a middle-aged woman pretending yep. to be the, the girl. But mm-hmm. that's not bad. I mean, if you look at it, you barely notice it. But it's it's kind of like Jake's got right now. You can see that he's not in Jurassic Park. Um, well, and, yes. And that was the only moment in the movie where I was like, oh, that special effect uh, didn't land. But yeah. anytime you saw the the dinosaurs, especially that the first one where you saw the the heat, you could still see the heat through mm-hmm. them. So they had to put filter on top of filter on top of filter to make it match. And it looked amazing. Yeah. yeah, and it, and it's interesting when you talk about the special effects because I remember when this co- came out and talking about it as I grew up and, and whatever and people talking about, oh yeah, the CGI in that is what made it amazing. And that's what everybody was expecting is that the CGI was so incredible and going to make dinosaurs look so real. And then I remember watching like a behind the scenes special on it and realizing no, none of it, none of it was mm-hmm. because of the CGI. I mean, the CGI was there and it was really well done, especially for the time. But But what made it real was the practical effects. And we see that time well, yeah. and again with movies. When they're laying on the dinosaur as it's, as it's dying and it's slowly breathing and they had guys with air bladders and compressors. There's eight guys under there. That thing. Yeah. There's, there's eight guys hidden under there um, doing yeah. that. But if you saw feet, CGI. If you mm-hmm. didn't see feet, it wasn't CGI. Like when the irises shut real quick, that's something yep. that he did in E.T., but that's, it looks so amazing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, an, that's a practical effect. Yeah. yeah. And the, and those those that is why this movie is still not still but is number one in America again because even twenty seven years later it make works. America make America Jurassic again yes <laughs> well they're working on it I can work Chris on, Pratt I can is yeah. is filming Jurassic World three or whatever uh, Dominion don't, don't they kick off uh, next week or two I heard that they're well, allowed we back. have an insider that has let us know that they are working on the production or getting ready to ramp up the production right now. So well, we had Chris I, Romwell, who's one of the stuntmen uh, last week on the show. And he was no, he's an Avenger. He, <laughs> he's Thor's stunt double. I heard. Yeah. 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 So he, he, uh, yeah, he's quarantining in Britain right now, getting ready for the shoot to start. Yeah. I, no, I, but fact, I think I saw um, an actual release that they're starting. I think yeah. that was right. one of the few that this got week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This this one, uh, the new Batman film got permission as well. Um, there's all sorts all of waiting for uh, that one. Yeah, there's all, some of there's us all are. sorts of things that they have to do. I'm excited about the new. Batman. Shut your damn mouth, Jake. That's Batman. Listen, it's Matt, it's Matt Reeves. That's Matt why Reeves. I want it. hundred percent. We'll see. DC big, Batman is the one character that DC hasn't managed to totally destroy on the screen yet. So we'll see how they do. <laughs> they Wonder Woman has done well too. Okay, fine. One of a few. What was the one you just said? Did you say Aquaman? Yeah, Aquaman they did uh, all right with. They didn't destroy him. I didn't like Aquaman. Well, yeah, funny. but have you seen the real Aquaman in the comics? I mean, Jason Momoa was a huge step up. <laughs> huge step up. Uh, I mean, it doesn't matter what the main actor looks like if the rest of it, everything around it looks like. Like, you got octopuses you batting octopuses drums. playing and... drums. It was great. <laughs> Okay, all right. We're watching Little Mermaid or Aquaman. Anyway, yeah. um, <laughs> under the Jurassic scene. Park. This is okay. It, it's a great movie. Um, I love all, even the side characters. We talked about Samuel L. Jackson, Dennis Nedry. Um, I'm night, so grateful yeah. for him because he is someone that I could actually cosplay at a comic convention because he's from a big name movie that everybody knows. I happen to look hey, like look. him. It'll be fine. My hair's not curly enough, but it'll be look, fine. Look, Jake can cosplay as, as Nedry. See, yeah, no one see cares. nobody cares. Nobody yeah. cares. <laughs> Go as Newman now. So you, if you, all you need is put as a post office shirt and, and you're Newman. I used yeah. I used that uh, GIF of nobody cares uh, the uh, other day. You, you used peanut butter? What? Yes, I did. I used peanut butter the other day of nobody cares uh, when they were talking. Somebody was talking about, well, they're going to make me wear a mask. I'm not going to go there and buy stuff. I was like, see, nobody cares. You, you threw your temper down. Nobody cares. And that's it's kind of the point. If say, you don't wear a mask, don't show up. We're happy. Thank yeah, you. Thank yeah, you for following you. our rules. Yeah, thank exactly. you for not being here. So his his, uh, his dinosaur attack is the one that's probably the most memorable for me. I agree. Yeah. I think that would be such a horrible way to go. The, it was one of the moments um, that was very intense that you actually saw a lot of the action with the dinosaur because he was in there and the spit, uh, everything that went into that. 
then the Jeep rocking, of course, and that all stands <laughs> out. Yeah, the band comes up. Because yeah. at um, first they just look so cute. Yeah. Well, well that's what they actually look like. A little guy. <laughs> Everything else is fiction, but the 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 cute little the V on their head is the only thing that's real. The they don't yeah. have the things and the spitting and the. I know. And but boy, it was so, cool visual though. It's so funny to watch this now because so much has come out about what we now think dinosaurs look like that's so different than what they are in this film. But I don't care. No, nope. it's I like really eggs. Don't. It's like mm-hmm. eggs. Cholesterol's good for you. Cholesterol's bad for you. Eggs are good yeah. for you. Eggs are bad yeah. for you. Dinosaurs look like this. They look like that. I don't care. Yeah. Oh, Mars is a planet. It's not a planet. That's Pluto. The, That's what I meant. Uh, yeah, Mars. Yeah. Mars has always Pluto. been a planet. Where have you but, been? All right. Yeah, yeah. The people the who other... say that can't prove that to me anyway, so I'm still going to go with this because 98% of what you see for dinosaurs now is based on Jurassic Park. It's not even like they're That's not even true. doing their own interpretations. That's exactly. True. Well, and and the other moment, another moment that stood out to me as far as a dinosaur attack is when uh, Ellie's in the the maintenance building to turn the to turn the power back on, on. and you know the raptors are in there. You know that Samuel Jackson's character went in there and got eaten by the raptors, but you didn't really see anything. But then when his arm comes down on her, and it's just the arm, and she's like, "Oh, thank goodness!" and then it. Like that freaked me out, man. The yeah. first time I yeah. saw it, like that was a, a a scary visual, and that still stands out in my mind quite a bit. That whole scene, um, and then when they're when the kids are getting away from the raptors and they're climbing up in the ceiling, mm-hmm. I remember being in the theater for that. And when the raptor jumps up and he gets his legs up at the last second, and he, you know, snaps at his yeah, legs, I, I pulled my legs up in the theater because I was so nervous at the time. Like I was into it, man. And I think that that is the storytelling that Steven Spielberg does is like you said, 15 minutes of dinosaurs in the film. It didn't matter every time, every moment was worth it and just paid off huge because of the buildup to it. Mm -hmm. Less is more. It's like, it's, it's like the shark in jaws. He's not on screen that much. No. And that's because because it couldn't have way less. He was supposed to be in it all the time. And if you'd seen it the the first three minutes, you would have got bored with it. Um, because, And it would have looked stupid because let's be honest, the last five minutes of that movie, that shark, if you want, if I only showed you the last five minutes and didn't get the hour and whatever to buy yeah. it into it, if I just said, here, watch this, your kids would go, that's stupid because lame. it does look like a dumb, stupid shark. But mm-hmm. you start from the beginning and mm-hmm. you, he earns the fact that it's going to look stupid at the end because he right. has made it. You, you're so scared of this damn shark. You don't know. Maybe that is what sharks look like when they jump yeah. out of the water. It didn't, it didn't matter. It didn't matter at that point because you knew what the shark had done. You were in. You saw. Yeah, yeah it, didn't, it didn't matter. You knew what I you saw did. what he did to the little kitten or boy. Yeah. Well, and I think that's what takes Jurassic Park to the next level because you do have that same kind of buildup. He does the less is more thing. But then when you do see the dinosaurs, none of them look stupid. No. They all look right. incredible and amazing. Right. Uh, and so it, it's like the best of both worlds with this because you have amazing looking creatures but still get that buildup. And I – you really do have to be grateful for what he went through on jaws because otherwise it could have just been like, yeah, we've got all the money. Let's put as many dinosaurs in this yeah. film as we want. And you know, it, it wouldn't have been as strong a story. It would have been yeah. carnosaur. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, and, and I gotta, I gotta mention, because we have our, our screen background here, that scene with the tire, uh, the T-Rex attacking the Jeeps during the rainstorm. Mm-hmm. It's such a great, it's so well filmed and so well edited that you forget that there is a major continuity error in there. Stop that it. When we start this scene, we are not next to a giant ravine. Or excuse me, we are. We're right next to a giant ravine. And then later they escape through the fence and it's just, you know, a hill on the other side. Um, no, no, no. Pretty- they... They, you don't know how steep that is. They didn't really show you how steep that was. He did. They went down by the rope, the cable, and they just didn't. You don't have to see every inch of them walking down the side. I'm still calling it a continuity uh, error. Stop mansplaining think, this movie to me. I don't know. this. I think, <laughs> wow. Uh, but I think we can well, all agree that the third dinosaur from the last lost a tooth, and if he had done that, it would have nullified any kind of. Hey. He's the science expert on this episode, Craig. Let him have his minute. It's fine. And I said, you still, you don't even notice it. Uh, Mr. DNA, your porn name. (laughs) But I think we can all agree, changing subjects slightly here, that uh, 
what that lawyer had coming to him was what we want all lawyers oh, to yeah. have, right? I oh, mean, like, yeah. when he gets, and he goes and hangs <laughs> in the bathroom, and it's just all of that is just awesome. Apparently, he had to really go. I mean, I just love that whole scene. But that's just that's so wrong, though. That uh, I mean, running out on kids. I mean, I know you're going to die, but uh, there's something you've got it. There are certain instances in your life, yeah. and I would hope that I would do that. Not run mm-hmm. out, but stay with the kids. I mean, yeah. I, I it just seems so weird because it's one of those things where I, even a crushed legged Ian Malcolm was holding back Laura Dern as the yes as a. T-Rex is chomping. Not that would have helped, but it's just a matter no, of... He, he was something. doing what he could. He was doing something. He well, knew he, he wasn't going to be able to stop it. No humanity. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly right. And he got... He's a blood-sucking lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I, I mean, there's just so many... That whole sequence, too, when the, when the T-Rex is chasing him, and they're in the Jeep, and he's like, faster, must faster, go faster, faster, and you got the... <laughs> the mirror. Like, what a great that way to shot, use a prop. Where it says, so image or objects may, may be closer than they appear or whatever, larger than they appear, whatever that says on the mirror. We all know that we've all seen it. And so to have it be part of an iconic moment like that in a movie. And then, I mean, obviously it's been redone. Pixar has done it in, a, in their movies. Like, I just love it. That water so was moments. the hardest that, thing to do. Yes. Did That's you what I was going to gonna say. That go ahead. Take it. Scene, that, that water scene is just money. The way that that's edited with the sound. But that it, it is was do you know how they did it? Because that was no. the most difficult special effect. They, they said that was the most difficult special effect in the entire movie because they couldn't get it right. Um, hmm. Because you're dealing with a massive car and a little glass of water. Do you know how much you have to shake that car? So what that, they yeah. did is they found out that a guitar string was the only one that would make it quiver like that. So they actually put guitar strings under the dashboard and a guy would strike it and it would, it would do oh, that. interesting. Oh, yeah. that's cool. I didn't know that's, that. A, that's so funny because you watch it and it's such a, a short moment and you think it's just such a simple thing. You wouldn't think about that being a, a difficult special effect for them yeah. to pull off because it is so quick and you think, well, that's so simple. But obviously to recreate it, it wouldn't be. So that's fascinating to hear yeah, about that. Because you, you think about it, you do. You have to, if it's in a car, you have to make the whole mass of the car shake. Mm-hmm. And, and I guess they, they were couldn't figure it out for a, the longest time. And then they finally... Someone just did that, and it's like we got to figure out how to make the water shake in the first place, and then we can go exponentially. Like I know that they put um, large rubber, um, well, I don't even know it's rubber, but like almost like drum skins under the footprints, mm-hmm. and so then they could make that footprint quake. Yeah. Way. So these little. Awesome. Mm, so yeah, it's. See, I love this movie, and I'm a nerd like that. Um, I don't That's normally cool. get that deep into things, but Jurassic Park's been around. For so long, right, right. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it has, and I think but, it's, but it it's so well done. And again, it's it goes back to the practical effects, and it just works. Well, it actually yeah. goes to the story because the way uh, bec- the practical effects are great, but there's again, there's only fifteen minutes of effects, and only about seven or eight of them are practical, and only six or so are CGI. So. Yeah. You have two hours of movie you have to invest in, so you have to ha- you have to like the story, you have to like the people. Mm-hmm. Uh, if 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 Richard Attenborough was like the book, nobody mm-hmm. would want to watch this movie. That's a good point. Because you want a happy, sweet, grandfatherly guy who's like, "This is wonderful. This is great. You're gonna love it here." And then have him learn the dangers of him being too arrogant versus yes. having a jerk in there. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Absolutely. And. And the story is so critical and so key because if we don't care about the people, we don't care about the characters and all we're there for is the dinosaurs and they don't give us any reason to care about the characters, then it's not, I mean, it doesn't endure. It doesn't last as long and it becomes all about the special effects and, and everything else. And it, it doesn't hold up like it does. And that's why Laura Dern's character of Ellie is so important is Mm because she humanizes Alan Grant, who could easily be another jerk. If you yes, if you right. just let him go off and not realize, oh, he actually cares about her, because mm-hmm. when she's talking about you know God created monster uh, dinosaur dinosaur made and then she goes well and then women inherit the earth, yes. Alan Grant's smiling at the end of that. Yeah. Versus well, and even- versus uh, Ian, who's kind of like, what the hell's going on with her? Yeah. He's like, she. You don't know how smart and how powerful she is, um, and he really they really connect and that makes him a better person. Otherwise he's just this arrogant jerk. The first time we see that relationship between the two of them is right after he scares the crap out of that kid at the, at the dig with the velociraptor claws. 
And in that moment, you're like, man, this guy's kind of a jerk. But then you've got her right there and you've got that connection between them right there to let us know. No, he's really not that bad a guy. He's just not great with kids because yeah. he was awful with that kid. That kid was like... <laughs> uh, I, but yet he, you can tell he'd be a great teacher. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. Well, the yeah, kid remembered, like, I'm sure, every moment well, of what he said. Well, for college, but not maybe not maybe not third grade, but definitely yeah. college, he'd be a great teacher. Yeah. I, I love this movie. I wanted to be Alan Grant when it was done. And then I realized that no amount of paleontology school and digs and everything would ever lead to me being at Jurassic Park, unfortunately. Probably not. Who well, knows? It, it definitely left to an uptick like Indiana Jones did. Indiana Jones yep. made archaeology students increase. This yep. made paleontology increase as well. Um, yeah. So, so, yes, so the sciences have a lot to think. The, human, the, the, the liberal sciences have a lot to think uh, – Steven Spielberg for Indiana oh. Jones. If Dr. they do Grant. it right, it, if yeah. you do it right, people will love it all the time. Yeah. So, so let's talk about grades. So Craig, I don't know if you remember on the show, we give out a letter grade for the shows that we talk about. Um, let's start with you, Tracy. What letter grade are you going to give Jurassic Park? And uh, so help my... me if you give this a low grade, Tracy, I am going to email you myself. <laughs> no. <what> I... <laughs> don't worry. We can boot you out of the... You can just boot you out of here. Can't you hit the button and have him flush him away? There will be an email in podcast at moviesatmakeus.com from me about what you said. So go ahead. No, my my current self, my current self would give this film an A. Um, My former self would probably give it, my 18 year old self would give it like a B minus just because there was a lot of stuff in the book that I wanted that I didn't get. But like I said, I have come to appreciate this film. Um, I don't think many of the sequels have, have held up real well. There's little bits and pieces, but this is the only one that works all the way through for me. Mm-hmm. 18-year-old Tracy was a schmuck. He was. <laughs> he was. I'm a completely different person. Good. We get a he lot more male views on the show. He did have a lot more hair. <laughs> yeah, but hair just, obviously, hair was taking up a lot of the brain space. That's what yeah. it was. <laughs> Let that air out a little bit, and yeah, it's got, been a lot, a lot better. You, you pushed it out like a Play-Doh guy, and now you have to think. Yeah. yeah. Like what about that. you, Craig? Oh, this is A+. Plus. This, yeah. Because there's, I mean, there is room for improvement, but not really. I mean, mm-hmm. I just watched it. The only reason you would do it is maybe to touch it up a little bit. Uh, but here's mm-hmm. another movie where cell phones wouldn't make a difference. Right. Um, uh, so it's timeless. Yep. Um, right. You get to actually see this, you know, automated cars. So th- it's almost futuristic, and yet it's mm-hmm. practical futuristic. Um, mm-hmm. The characters are all great. Even the hunter, who, who later yes. on in the movie, in other movies, he's a bad guy, but in this, he's just a guy who's working. He's yep, you know, right. And so everybody in this ex- who is good is good, and everyone who's bad is bad, and it all makes sense. And it's fun. It's constantly yep. fun. It's well paced. It's well acted. Like you get Sam Neill, and you get Laura Dern. I've always said it doesn't matter about how good looking or buff they are. Cause you can always make a good actor buff. Just, mm-hmm. Right. You know, you can always here. I'm going to command non Johnny this. I'm just going to have him pay you a couple million dollars mm-hmm. and we're going to have you work out. But if you can get an right. actor to in your, a real honest, good actor like Sam Neill to come into your show and be the lead, everything's going to be better. Yeah. Unless they're completely uncoordinated. Yeah. Right. Which he's not. No, and- no, no. And after seeing him in the Wilder People, this might be his second toughest role that he's like tough guy role that he's oh. been in because Wilder People he was really really good. Anyway, I agree. Samuel's amazing. For me, this movie is an A plus. Like I said, this is one of those movies that I remember very vividly. This is why I love movies. This is why I love going to see movies. In fact, with it playing in theaters right now and some of the local theaters being open, my wife and I were talking about someone's taking the kids from us for a couple of days and we are so excited and we're thinking oh, maybe we'll go see a movie just for a couple of days not it sounded, like, no it's the way you said it they're taking the kids away from us i thought you know child no, services no. was involved. Like, yeah family no it's good <laughs> um but uh but it was funny we were looking through the movies and she was like oh jurassic park's playing i think i'd really love to go see that and that was one of those moments where i'm like this is why i love this woman because she likes to go <laughs> see movies like that and would love to go see that one with me so uh, i love this movie i for me it's an a plus I think my question is, yeah. How many times have you seen it in a theater? Oh, wow. I actually in a theater, not in a home theater, not in an auditorium. I'm like at school because this could easily be a movie. How many times have you paid money to sit in a theater and watch this in the dark? I think 
you say three or four. I think yeah. the summer that it came out, I probably went and saw it ten times. Okay, I think that's because I, yeah. I mean, throughout the years, I've probably every time it's been re released, I've gone to see it, and then of really? course, anytime there, yeah, well, like I said, I saw the three D version twice. Yes, um, mm-hmm. and but because this is why you go to the movies. This is not why you make movies. It is, but I mean, it's why you go to the theater, which right. is why. This movie would never have made it. It's like Avatar. Avatar does not work well at home. Mm-hmm. The no, difference is this does. This works yeah, well it does. at home. Right. But to go see it in a massive theater, this wasn't filmed at IMAX, but imagine if it was. Oh, my yeah, God. It, it would have been be incredible. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. One so how many times have you seen it in the theater, Craig? Huh? How many times have you seen it in the theater? Like I said, I've probably seen about 15, 20. Yeah. Because um, nice. I, I did see it a bunch that summer that came out. Uh, though I have to say, when it came out, I was 20. And the way yeah. they were marketing it, I felt it was for kids. I'm like, who's going to see this stupid dinosaur movie? I'm going to go see this yep. stupid dinosaur movie. And then when I saw it, I'm like, holy crap. Yes, because yeah. I remember it was like we saw Jurassic Park one week, and then a couple weeks later we saw Schindler's List. And yeah. it's like, wow, because they both came Ooh. out the same year. Yeah, <laughs> two, two very, very different movies. Um, yeah. yeah, oh, and it was definitely heavily marketed toward kids. I mean, I had mm-hmm. I had binders, pencil bags, backpacks, shirts, toys. Happy like Meal toys. Yeah, yeah we saw the. Was, we saw Everything the uh, gift shop in the movie. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, I mean that—that's literally what it looked like. They didn't do anything special to anything else. That's literally no, what those were like. all stuff you could buy when the movie came out. So, anyway, Jurassic Park is a great movie. Craig, we have enjoyed having you on the show once again. Um, hey. Always great to have you here. We need to check out your show, Matinee Heroes, and then Matinee Heroes presents Cast Off. The playoffs start tomorrow night, every 7 Tuesday. Now, yep, six every- p.m. Pacific. Um, let's see. Uh, next week is uh, Val. So this week mm-hmm. is the first game one. Next week is Val, and she up against another Utah, Steve Con- uh, Kondrick. Okay. And then I believe the following week after that, it's Tracy. No, I'm last. Oh, you're last. Okay. So mm-hmm. then it's um, who are you up against, Tracy? Uh, oh, shoot. It's the guy whose last name you have trouble pronouncing. Oh, Brian Juanawato. Yes. Yes. So, yeah. And then, so that means it's... Um, they're going to kill me because I, I I should have had it up in front of me. But basically how it works is all, the, all of July is round one. First two weeks of August is round two. We take a break just like they would for the Super Bowl. And we have it on a big Sunday night extravaganza um, on August 23rd. So you have until tomorrow, 5 p.m. to fill out your brackets. But I hope yeah. everyone enjoys it. It's, like I said, it's kind of a, a goofy, fun thing that we will definitely be bringing live to Salt Lake at awesome. FanX. I've already been approved when of it. Is- the problem is... We they don't just know when FedEx approved. Well, didn't they just say they they kind of canceled, but didn't cancel yesterday? Yeah. It, it was it was one of the I, weirdest I hedging coming. of bets that I've ever seen. Yeah. But yes, it was My very much like a, that. They're waiting for the insurance money. They're no, that's, wait yeah. until the the state says they can't do it. Right. So yeah. most con, most cons are doing that. They're waiting until the state says you can't have it, and that way it nullifies the contract, so they don't have to penalize for it. I totally understand yeah. that. I but don't I know if that's they happening. Were trying to to but, prep the 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 fans. Yes. Well, that's but good because because I know the question has come up a couple of times on the Facebook group. Really, I haven't seen that. probably during this episode while we've uh, yeah. been recording. Usually um, by the same three people. Yes, yes, I know, guys. Anyway, um, that's all very exciting, Tracy. I do think that down the road, if everything goes well on my bracket, I had you going up against like Luke Hunsaker in like the next round. Oh, that's Ooh. it. Luke Hunsaker and Randy are week yes. three. That's it. Yes. So. Luke is the one that beat me. So I had him go to the next round just so you could avenge me, Tracy. I got just you. Just so you buddy. know. A lot riding on this. I got you. A lot riding you. on this. Well, Luke's a fine individual, cocky. but he's got to he's gotta go down. Let's not get cocky. <laughs> Again, I don't. you don't know if he's going to make it to the second round. Um, uh, I'm not in charge. I'm not, I can't. I've got two other judges. So I, I, I know. And they, we need and their they name. randomly change. Start sending them some money. Anyway, Cast Off is a great show. Matinee Heroes is a great show. That's every Saturday morning is a new episode of Matinee Heroes. You can also support them on Patreon. They like that as well. Yes. Uh, yeah. I, I'm not working thanks to, uh, well, just in general. But no, I was I was unemployed before COVID. I was unemployed since know, December. Yes, but you're still not working. Because so now it's like I can't find a job because now I got 40 million competitors. So, uh, you know, throw a couple shekels our way. I It, it all goes towards the... I mean, it all goes towards the podcast. I could guarantee you anything that we've spent yeah. from the Patreon has gone to our 
uh, it went to cameras. It went to well, it hasn't gone to laptops because we still got garbage. But it's got it's it, it pays for our hosting services. So you know how Patreon works. It's a great way of sustaining something you like, and you don't have to give a lot. That's the great yeah. thing. Right. Yep. Awesome, Craig. Thank you again, and of uh, from all of us at Movies That Make Us, Val, we miss you. We wish you were here with Val us. I would give this an A plus. Of course, I, you would. I'm nervous saying that Val would give anything an A plus because she's very strict on her A pluses, Tracy. Uh, what about what about A? I think it would definitely be an A, but A okay. plus. All right. This uh, might be an A plus. It a. might be. We'll have to verify it with her next time. Well, well we can tell she's not actually watching because she's not commenting. So. She hasn't. <laughs> no, she hasn't commented yet. But no, she commented okay. at the she's very right. beginning. Yeah. She said, "Oh, Jake's got this," she's, and then she went to bed. The end of Act One of Hamilton, so she's yes. gone. Well, so she didn't want to miss yeah. her shot. That's right. She didn't <laughs> want to miss her shot. Um, anyway, we appreciate it, and we won't see you at the movies. I'm going to take us out with our exit now. But thank you, everyone, and we'll see you later. This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production.